This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. 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 Are you ready to make some magic? Jackie and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle. Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Sestavani. Well, happy January, everybody. This is Jackie Smith, and you're listening to Keep It Magic. I'm here with my amazing co-host, the smartest man in the universe, Storm Sestavani. And we are here to bring a little magic to your day. Um, this show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. No matter what your need, no matter what your problem, Coventry has a candle for that. So welcome, Storm. How's it going? It's going well. It's cold. It is. Well, you know what? That's why I said welcome to January. <laughs> we started the year out with some polar vortexes, uh-huh. which is really funny because I was for, when I first heard that on the um, TV, I was in the other room, and they were talking about these polar vortexes, and I was making noise and building stuff, and I went, what are they saying? And I went back because I kept on hearing porno vortexes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I went, that's that's your nighttime job, Jackie. <laughs> yeah, right. So we started the month out with those polar vortexes and below zero, and, and a, a lot of kids' um, Christmas break went an extra week. <laughs> yeah, well, one of the things I'm kind of irritated about is now that they're naming these winter storms as well. I mean, they're already like on. I missed that. What's the name? Uh, oh yeah, they have like they have like Electra and Hercules and all. Well, it's not done by the National Weather Center. That's what people should know right away. It's only done by the Weather Channel. Um, and I'm which sure we, that it which is, is surprising for many people that the Weather Channel is not the National Weather Center. Yeah, so you know. Yeah, it's not the National Weather Center. Um, and in the past, you know, the the only government-sanctioned group that has the right to name storms is the National Hurricane Center, um, because we do name name hurricanes. Um, but now they're naming all of these particular winter storms. Well, and I, I find it hilarious that people were freaking out um, this month. Well, you know, starting in December, really, because in December uh, over at the Candlewick Shop, we, we have this lovely festival every year in downtown Ferndale called Holiday Ice, mm-hmm. and it's been beautiful the past three years, and and in 2013, it was a giant snowstorm where you couldn't walk down the street without, you know, getting pelted in the eye with icicles coming from the sky. So, um, ever and it's since not over for the Midwest, by the way. Oh no, 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 no. They're going to have a brutal February. Oh, thank you very much. Um, oh, convocation's going to be interesting because it usually snows bitter cold in convocation. <laughs> Warmly, my friend. And um, in case you get stuck at the hotel, I do have a nice isolated room. <laughs> so, because um, uh, I only have a 50-minute ride-in. Um, but um, with with that whole thing, you know, people freaking out about this winter blasts and everything. I'm thinking, no, it's not snowmageddon. It's not snowpocalypse. It's January. Yeah. 
it is January in the northern Midwest. And normal. And normal. This is actually normal. And and did people forget two years ago how, what a crazy, crazy winter we had? We had one mild winter, and everybody has lost the ability to put on their um, parkas. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting. The uh, and my favorite thing is is oh, this is the reason why global warming is a myth. <laughs> oh, you kidding me? Oh, don't you want to just punch those people in the face? Even though that the first sign of global warming is severe weather, although this is not re- this has not really been severe. It's just been normal. Okay, so there's weather patterns, and if you look at it, I mean. Back in, um, was it 79 or 78, there was that insane winter Yeah. Um, in the Detroit area. We had, I think, like over a course of two weeks, we had almost six feet of snow. Yeah. I remember that because we turned our backyard into the most bomb-diggity snow fort ever. <laughs> oh, my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> and I was watching some videos that somebody brought up from from the snowstorm of like 78 or 79, and um, so I guess I'm. I, there's always going to be snip patterns. There's always, yes, and, and pollution exasperates those patterns. It does absolutely affect it. Um, I just, I'm laughing. People are just losing their minds. You know why? It's because we have this 24-hour news thing. Yeah, it's why. I can't watch the news programs anymore just because they'll they'll grab on to one little thing and then talk it to death and get every expert. It's, you know what's cracking me up is that, you know, they'll have some issue from, let's say, um, um, Utah. But then they'll, they'll get this sub-assistant editor from some paper in Atlanta on the show <laughs> talking uh-huh. about it just so they can have one more person who might have a connection in some way through some fourth relative once removed to talk about it. It's just... It, it, it's it's too much. <laughs> I know it's crazy. It's crazy. Have you ever watched like MSNBC all day? Um, I try not to watch the news anymore. I mean, ever? Have you ever done that? Yes. Okay. It used to be like my addiction. And so what happens is they'll have a hot topic for that day or that week, and every show will talk about that again with the same experts, with the same, just the same. Um, over and over again, and I hope to God those experts are getting paid every time they go on that show. I'm sure that they do. I'm sure that the experts sit outside of NBC, MSNBC because, you know, my favorite thing is is that they'll get, like, um, all of these particular experts, and you can tell when things have happened really fast and everybody's competing for people because you'll have, like, the seventh grade high school teacher. Yes. <laughs> yes. On to talk about something, or you know, um, uh, somebody that works for you know um, job service who's on to talk about terrorism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I I need um, a different news source, but I really don't need a news source. I just have my husband, <laughs> who's the MSNBC addict, right? He absolutely is. He's gotten, gotten better. I've come downstairs in the morning, and um, and instead of instead of Morning Joe, um, he's watching My Name Is Earl. So that makes me happy. Oh, cool. <laughs> what a juxtaposition! Or maybe not. Exactly. Or maybe not. So I have some really good news storm. What's that? 
So you're hearing it from me first right now. I have not told you this. I've been saving it in my back pocket. Okay. So um, you know that there's uh, a new age trade show, an industry trade show every year in June in Denver. Uh Uh-huh. And it's kind of a big deal. Uh Uh-huh. So um, every year they have um, what's called an author's breakfast. And um, a lot of big hitters like um, the the Four Agreements guy, Don... Ruiz Miguel. Ruiz, yeah. Ruiz. Um, um, uh, oh, all of a sudden, everybody's name has left me. Oh, my Marianne God. Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson. Lynn V. Andrews has been done the author's breakfast um, a couple years ago. What is uh, the woman who runs with the wolves? Carissa. Um, oh, what, oh, see, again, I'm terrible with, with all this stuff. But they, heavy hitters, absolutely heavy hitters have have um have gone to these breakfasts. Twenty fourteen, Patty and I are the keynote speakers. Oh wonderful. Yep. We are um we are speaking at the author's breakfast, so we get like an hour, hour and a half to do a presentation to between two to three hundred people. I'm really kind of excited. I'm excited. I'm more than excited. <laughs> <laughs> so Pretty awesome. I'm, um, and and we don't. This is not a big paying gig, but it's really great because we have a booth there, and um, this is where we get new customers for Coventry. We we continue to have our presence in our community and support our community, which is really exciting. Cool. I don't, it's a huge deal. I really haven't. It hasn't hit me too much yet. So we <laughs> have to really write an awesome presentation, and we're actually quite funny when we tag team. So we'll have to amp that up a little bit. I think. <laughs> and pimp out the candles, of course, of course, of course. So um, I'm really excited, and you know what this is? This is a big, really big part of my um, intention work uh-huh. and my magic work and and my desire work. This is absolutely a big piece of it coming true. To be the um, to be a, an expert in my industry, a recognized expert in my industry, it's been on my it's been on my goal list, shall we say, uh-huh. uh, for a long time. And you and I have been reading a really good book that kind of flips that around. Absolutely, absolutely. The Desire Map by Danielle Laporte. It is um, she's fascinating to me, Jackie, for a couple of reasons. Number one, when I first her first book was called The Firestarter Sessions, and it's um, one of the textbooks for B-School. Okay. And um, when I seen her picture, she reminded me of you. <laughs> I have not seen a picture of Danielle Lepore. Um, she is, um, even though that she's kind of slimmed down, slimmed down now, you know, she's a, uh, uh, she's from New Jersey, um, and she's got that um, Midwestern, Lower East Coast um, type of look about her. She's not the classic size four. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, she's like a 12. Um, I, I hope I'm not insulting her. Um, um, you know, she's she looks like an ordinary lady. and uh, But at the same time, she's all glitzy and glamorous at the same time. It's, it's very, very interesting. Um, this book here I found 
kind of interesting. I heard about it during one of um, Marie Forleo's uh, Q&A Tuesday. She does a Q&A Tuesday every Tuesday. So after you listen to this show, you can go to marieforleo.com and listen to her Q&A Tuesday, which is basically, it's more of a business-oriented um, website on how to start your own uh, business and become an entrepreneur and, you know, things that you need to do to, in order to run your business. And um, it's just a really, really great place. And, you know, the interesting thing uh, with both Marie Forleo and Danielle Laporte and even to an extent Gabrielle Bernstein, who I also love, when I first looked at their work, Jackie, I look at it and I go, mm, it's awful girly. <laughs> and, you know, that may be fine for, you know, stay-at-home moms that are running a business, you know, in between diaper changings. You know, these are the thoughts that go through my head. Um, then finally, when I did B-School, it was one of the most profound experiences of my business career. And then with this book, Jackie, what I found the most interesting is that she takes the whole concept of goals and intention work, and she flips it around completely to a point that it blew me away. Interesting. Interesting. So tell me what tell me what um hits you the hardest in the desire map. Um I think that the thing that hit me the hardest is basically the whole premise of the book, which is rather than going out and achieving things, um, like um uh, uh you know, say for example the goal is to um, have 750,000 listeners to keep it magic by the end of season three. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than having that particular goal the way that it is, um, it's making your goals but having a particular feeling attached to it. Um, for example, um, what do I, you know, what do I want to be feeling? at 750,000 listens to uh, downloads to keep it magic. Um, you know, um, do I want to feel accomplished? Um, do I want to feel peaceful? Do I want to feel joy? Um, do I want to feel happiness? What is this? And it's basically kind of whittling down your um, intentions to feelings. And then basically rather than pursuing the intention, like, a million dollars. It's waking up in the morning and doing whatever it takes to feel the way that you want to feel when you have a million dollars rather than just going after the physical, tangible thing. Well, isn't that the the very Buddhist way of looking at things? I mean, that just sounds very familiar to me. It is. It's it's very... it, it, it's so alien to the way that we think about things in the Western world, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we think, you know, if you don't have the million dollars, you know, that uh, you haven't achieved something, that there is the the, uh, the achievement thing. And one of the things that Danielle talked about on Marie's show, which, you know, really profoundly hit me, is that she was doing all of these things, and after she got to the particular goal, in her head, Jackie, was the satan 
basically said, she didn't call it the Satan, but um, I'm calling it the Satan. The Satan that was stating, well, you know, you could have did this and done more, and this here and felt this way also. And, you know, all of the little things that we do to kind of um, debilitate what it is that, we're, that we've accomplished or achieved, rather than if what it is in, in many ways, if you think about it, Jackie, if you're going after the feeling, if your goal is the feeling, you eliminate the Satan. It's really interesting because we've we've talked about this yeah. um, before a, a lot, and I actually I just wrote an article um, for the January newsletter, uh-huh. um, and which is basically um, about um, getting ready for your future. And what's really interesting is that um, we you know we've talked about how. You set a goal. Like I personally set a few goals, uh-huh. um, and and you forget that they're your goals because your goals keep shifting, so you never quite get to them. So they're always the carrot dangling in front of you, and after a while, that can feel very disheartening, uh, very frustrating because you feel like you never get there. And um, when which is on one of the shows, I uh, we were talking about how oh my gosh, I've hit so many goals that I set, uh-huh. even just a couple of years ago, I've hit all of them, and being able to understand that I hit all these goals. I, and and it is that as soon as I figured out I've done this, and I'm like, oh, I get to feel okay about it rather than always in struggle. Uh-huh. And it's literally a um, many um, uh, business uh, strategies to always shift your goal so you're never quite hitting it. As soon as you've hit one thing in your goal, you cross it off and you up the game. Uh-huh. And so this was very fascinating to me to, to start reading about how she talked about, oh, no, don't worry about you know, you know, getting your Lexus in your McMansion. What would that make you feel like? Yeah, she says, you know, one of the things that she says, and I'm quoting here, is you're not chasing the goal itself. You're chasing the feelings that you hope attaining these goals will give you. Yep. Um, which I think is extremely profound because earlier up, you know, one of the things that she says is that when you're going after the feelings, planning your day isn't basically, you know, this monotonous, oh, I've got to do this, I have to make five blog posts, I need to do 15 readings, I need to make, um, you know, 14 cases of candles and, you know, uh, get five new people to, to buy candles and all this other stuff. Basically what happens is that it turns from planning, planning your day in that perspective, it turns it into actually living your life. Um, and I think that a lot, I think that a lot of people are so busy, Jackie, trying to get a life that they're not living one. Agreed. You know, it is just one of the most powerful things. And, you know, the interesting thing that she does, and it's why I think that I, you know, when I listened to her particular interview on Marie TV, that it hit me is that when she was talking about getting to the particular roots of what it is that you wanted to do, it reminded me so much of, you know, several years ago, Jackie and, or Patty and you sat down and you were exploring something, and it evolved into why is that, okay? Mm -hmm. Then you and I took why is that and turned it into a tarot spell, and then you took that tarot spell and put it into Coventry magic and it's this filtering things down to this very very base level um, that I that I think that um, is extremely profound in regards to doing it so you want the million dollars how do you want what is what do, what is it that you want to feel right right 
So I did that. Okay. I, I did not use her. I'm not through with the book. Um, yeah. you, you told me about the book, and so I started reading it. And and um, I'm going to be honest with you. It's as if, first of all, this is a really easy read, and it's a really fun read. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm nibbling at it because I've got a lot of projects in front yeah. of me. And, and then there's times when I just don't want to think about anything profound. Yeah. So I read my junk books. But um, the little bit that I thought about, I just started thinking about what is it in my life that I'm struggling with? Uh-huh. A money, um, body image, um, um, relationships, all of these different things. Uh-huh. And um, I got a couple of things that, that are bothering me the most, not because they're societal, but because they're they're triggers. I'm like, oh, I freak out about, um, I, I shut down when people say this, or I wig out when this happens. So I just started thinking on that level. And um, distilling it all down, all the areas came, and my life came to, to two words. And again, I haven't done the actual desire map. Uh-huh. But I just wrote these two words down, and I'm keeping them in mind. Every day I think about it, and it is strong and flexible. Yeah. It is uh, It is interesting. When you open up the front cover, she has a whole list of a bazillion. You have the Kindle book. I have the physical. Um, okay. Uh, it, for some reason, I was just guided, probably because I wanted to write in it, but I was just guided to get the actual physical copy of the book. And on the covers, you know, it has all of these words, you know, acceptance, accessible, accomplished, adoring, adventure, affluence. There's too many for me to list them all. It would take an hour. Um, you know, sacred, communion. And nourishment, thankful, um, you know, on and on, the authentic, appreciated, you know, it, it just goes on and on, okay? One of the things that um, I had the same particular type of, uh, uh, of experience, and, you know, coming from a place of being a recovered um, people pleaser for 40 years, um, you know, uh, one of the things that I realized through reading this particular book, Jackie, is that I've been so busy taking care of everybody else's core desired feelings <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't even know that my own existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, going through this particular circumstance and writing down, you know, and for me, you, you know, to look at things from the perspective of, um, uh, uh, you know, my my desired, uh, 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 you know, feelings, um, one of which is to be content, okay, when I go and make decisions and choices about my day and what it is that I want to do and, you know, where I want to apply my particular personal energies, one of the things that I can now do, Jackie, rather than stating, oh, is that going to please Jackie if I do that? It can be, is is this going to make me feel content? If it's not, say no. Right. And I can, like I said, what I'm finding is, is approaching it from this very basic level of moving more into to feelings, which are very difficult for me. I will be, I'll be honest with you. Um, it, it's interesting. We, we, we talk a lot off the air, too, and I've realized um, I had to really do some soul searching to say, am I just, um, I mirror people a lot? Am I just mirroring stormers as my own thing? Uh-huh. And I realized that I actually have more, trouble with emotions than I think I do because I turn emotions into motivation 
rather than really experiencing the emotion. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Uh, yeah. It, 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 well, I think, you know, well, one of the things that, um, uh, you, you know, in therapy, um, uh, you know, one of the things that I, that was profound, Jackie, that, that came to my particular understanding when I was working through it, although most people did, you know, didn't have the particular experiences that I have, and they may not navigated their way and made the choices in life that I've made, okay? A lot of the particular feelings that I felt, a lot of people feel. Um, uh, and it was looking at things starting to feel the same as or starting to feel similar to the way that other people feel, okay, helped me enormously because when you're put into a particular cocoon in which you have suffered abuse or you have suffered um, uh, uh, very, very difficult circumstances, you alienate yourself in many ways and say, oh, you know, uh, you, you know, this person hasn't gone through this. How are they going to know how you're going to feel? And in some cases that that's true. Um, but in other cases, although that it may not be as severe and or as charged as my particular feelings with, a lot of people went through the same stuff. Well, and I think sometimes we just hear too much. We don't want to feel them. What I mean, you can, yeah. people can empathize with you. People can understand, um, and it's all in how you're you're taught to to view desire and feelings. How you really feel. What your core feelings on things are they valid or invalid? I love in the beginning of the book she talks about whether your feelings are are valid. Like, what was that saying? That feelings are not truth. Yeah. Uh, and she and she counters that. Yeah. Well, basically, she believes that uh, that um, uh, y- you know that feelings are truth very very strongly. And the other thing that she states that I think is most profound is that desire is the beginning of creation. Um, uh, you know, which goes along with that in regards to feelings and uh, 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 and things from that particular nature, and and you can begin to use these. Um, for example, she has a the purpose of the desire map that she has written down, Jackie, which I think is profound, is um, ultimate, number one is ultimately to help you remember your light, your true nature, your source, the life source that connects us all. Number two, to show your heart's longing, your core desired feelings. Three, to guide you in using your preferred feelings as a guidance system for making choices. I haven't done that one ever. Um, <laughs> and for being more present and alive. Uh, number uh, four, to help you use your de- uh, preferred desired feelings as a way to access comfort and clarity during painful times. Um, number five, to show you how to use your desired feelings as creative fuel to make great things happen in your life that will radiate out into the world. Um, six, uh, to help you accentuate the positive aspects of your life while still honoring and not invalidating the negative parts that you want to change. Big one, big one there. Um, and seven, to help you realize that you are much bigger than your feelings and also perhaps paradoxically to help you regard your feelings as road signs for your soul. That's so profound. Go back, go back one, because as you were saying that one, it's really interesting. You know how someone's talking and you're listening, but, but there's a part of your brain that's bringing up examples? Yeah. So go back one. Um, to help you accentuate the positive aspects of your life while still 
honoring and not invalidating the negative parts of you that you want to change. That's so funny because um, <clears throat> you know, and go back one more. Go back one more. I keep closing the book. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Um, to show you how to use your desired feelings as creative fuel to make great things happen in your life that will radiate out into the world. Um, something within those triggered me because I'm and I'm, I'm writing, um, highlighting both of those for myself because and I read them too, but you saying them out loud just triggered me mm-hmm. and just I started thinking about um, just different different moments in my life. I'm like, ooh, interesting. I love when a book we have to set the book down because it triggers something and you got to really process it. You know, that's a good book win. But um, I, I find it um, interesting. Something like that usually comes into my life at just the right time because at the end of 13, uh-huh. because we're doing our year-end closing, it's all a natural thing. Uh-huh. You know, you're, you're, you're contemplating the year. I mean, if the year ended in March, we do this in March. You know, just that whole ending of one thing and beginning of another. Um, as I was processing a few things, I thought, you know, I just don't want to be stressed anymore. I don't want to have big reactions anymore. It's just draining, <laughs> which is which is that that that's a, well, that brought out that flexible word. When you're flexible, you don't have to um, resist or or put expend a lot of energy in one way or the other because you're flexible. And um, so that's where that word came from. And I just, after being sick, I was sick for like three weeks, end of the year, beginning, end of 13, beginning of 14. I had that H1N1 virus. And uh, so I had a lot of time to contemplate this. And I just, and I didn't have the energy to react to anything. <laughs> And I kind of like that. So, um, it it when I started reacting, I got better, and then I started having these really huge reactions uh-huh. to things like my daughter calling, and on you know after that really really long winter break, her first day back at school, she uh-huh. forgot all of her freaking homework at home. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you? And I'm on my way out the door and. It just caused a lot of chaos in in my morning, and I was getting pissed off. And that's it. You're on your own, kid. Blah blah blah. You're a junior in high school. Blah blah blah. And I went. I'm driving away from the high school. I'm like, wait a minute. Remember, you don't have to react this way anymore. There's no one keeping score. And, yeah. And and I just remember that moment of um, there's no one keeping score and going, oh that would be me. So so that whole pro- so, so it's just really interesting how and uh, you know with the the desire map coming into my life around the same time and I'm going this is interesting because I'm already starting this process so this is perfect timing. Yeah, the other thing that that really <clears throat> I found significant, Jackie, was. She states in the book, she says, people are craving a new way to make things happen in their lives, less driving and more inspiration, deeper meaning but without compromising prosperity, more love and way less judgmental. Um, I, I agree with her 100%. 
Yeah. Um, we've talked about this quite a bit. I think the business world and the spiritual world are blending. The exactly. Un- wait, the entrepreneurial world and the spiritual world are blending. And she goes on to state, knowing how you actually want to feel is the most potent form of clarity that you can have. Generating those feelings is the most powerful, creative thing you can do with your life. Um, and it, it is just so, it, it's just so interesting to me because when you even go and you look at, we have a planet, Jackie, that rules going out into the world and getting what it is that we want out of it, and it's called Mars. And I was thinking about this, Jackie, because we live in a very, very solar, fiery, um, uh, uh, thinking-oriented masculine world still. The Western world is based upon it. Um, uh, yet, this particular planet, Mars, when you go into his um, uh, genealogy, um, he was born uh, without a father. Um, basically, what happened was, is that, of course, <clears throat> Zeus gives birth to Athena, and she pops out of his head. Um, and... Hera gets upset over this achievement that Zeus has just gotten because, you know, really, at that point, he doesn't need her anymore if he can just pop kids out of his head. <laughs> um, you know, so she gets mad and she gets angry and upset and she gives birth to Ares. Um, and it's kind of interesting because I don't, even though that Mars, his purpose is to go out into the world and get what it is that he, that, that the sun wants, okay, um, or the, what the individual wants. Um, uh, he, he still, his roots are connected to the feminine. He's a masculine image of the feminine. So drive and desire. I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. Keep going. So drive and desire, even though that we look at it from the, you know, we've, we've, the word desire has been so maligned because, you know, in this day and age it has, uh, you know, if you desire something, it has been reduced down to um, you're sexually aroused or um, uh, a craveness or covetous or um, uh, uh, gluttonous or, you know, one of the deadly sins is usually attached to it in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is, it is such a, a misrepresentation of the particular word itself because desire, um, uh, uh, you know, simply means what it is that the soul really wants. And I think that part of the problem that we have is that we've become so disconnected from this world of feelings and what the soul really wants that we no longer think of things in regards to that practical way of why the hell am I doing this anyway? Well, desire is not the same as instant gratification. Yes. So, and I know I'm just I just stopped reading um, at the part of the book where she's talking about the difference between core desired feelings and the surface level feelings. What does she call those? The um, uh, anyway, she calls them like just like your immediate feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's so I started really thinking about that. This is making me think. This book is you know. Um, and we, I think we confuse those instant gratification feelings, those instant, those reactionary feelings, uh-huh. with our true desires. So um, we we're out of t- we're not taught how to deal with feelings. Exactly. Even trying to teach my daughter how to deal with her feelings, 
um, is a lesson in how do I deal with my own. And it's it's hard. It's hard. And I don't know if if we if 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 we ever really have the tools, because in um you know in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, when you're in survival mode all the time, the rest of your um, feelings don't matter because uh-huh. you're working on instinct alone to uh-huh. survive. But when we move up to those that that higher, when we move past the need, the worry of surviving every day, and then the worry of having partner and the worry and those grow, we have all kinds of messy feelings all over the place, including all of those instinctual reactions that are based in in our ego and fears. Yeah. So it's like desire goes beyond the ego and fears. It's it's a higher elevation, shall, shall we say, a higher vibration. Yeah, and the the interesting thing that you have in in the Olympic pantheon, and this will tell you a lot, um, uh, Jackie. All of the other gods were very, very suspicious of Mars or Ares. They didn't like him. He was too gruff. Um, you know, he was a hundred feet tall and feasted on flesh. Um, uh, you know, he was a battle god. He liked war. Um, he liked bloodshed. All of these things, you know. And uh, and when you think about it, you know, when we go through the particular process of going out and getting what it is that we want in the masculine-oriented world, there's bloodshed every time. Uh, you know, if you um, uh, uh, call somebody up and you tell them, you know what, Jackie, I really don't want to pay um, uh, you know this much for your candle, but I'm willing to give you nine dollars. And you say, okay, you cre- you cause some bloodshed there. Um, you know, life yeah. is 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 messy in the process of going after what it is that you want, especially in you know a masculine oriented world. And you know, we although that you know we're not going out to war with uh, with um, you know the Trojans anytime soon. I hope. Um, but um, they're really stretchy, but they make them yeah, balloons. Exactly. Um, but uh, but basically, you know, the, the whole idea and concept of protecting your your kingdom, i.e., your home, um, needing to compete to get a job. Um, uh, you know, sometimes you have to do things that may agitate or irritate another individual, or you know, in order to get what it is that you want for your family. Well, you also have to fight your own self, yeah. your own personal satan, your own sabotage. Exactly. Um, you know, you want to, <laughs> you want to um, uh, change your body shape. You got to fight for that too. Exactly. It's, so Mars is alive and well in the 21st century, whether those other gods like it or not. Um, uh, but you know, it, it's kind of interesting because it tells you what, because the Greek Greek mythology is the first mythological system that was based on a patriarchal society. Um, it tells you what they thought about these common feelings like desire. You shouldn't have them. They shouldn't exist. You shouldn't go after what it is that you want. You shouldn't be cravenous, lustful, um, gluttonous, um, or anything of that particular nature. If it's seven deadly sin, you shouldn't be doing it, and most of them are ruled by the planet Mars. Um, and uh, you know, So you should avoid all of that. Unfortunately, what happens is that when you suppress something down psychologically, it's going to come up through the shadow. Um, and when it comes up through the shadow, when Mars comes up out of the shadow, he comes up in usually his most violent guise. 
Um, you know, which is interesting that probably the most Western country in the world, the United States, has the highest crime rate, the highest gun killing rate, um, the highest traffic accident rate. And we're the um, most repressed at the yeah, same time. Yeah. So we're, we're very, very repressed in this particular, the, the more, most sexual violences. We're the only country in the world that has serial killers. Huh. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? It's an epidemic here. You know, like in England, they may have one or two, like Jack the Ripper, which was actually a spree killer. But, um, uh, you know, in that they have their, you know, little things What's of that nature. What's the difference nature. between a um, spree killer and a... A spree killer is more like, uh, you remember the Versace killer years ago? Yeah. Where he was just going around and around and he was just killing random people. Uh, um Spree happens in a quick rate of time. Serial happens over a long time, and it's plotted out and engaged. Oh, okay. I hear you. Yeah. So spree is more impulsive. Um, uh, uh, serial is more, there's a pathology behind it usually. Okay. Um, so, you, you know, it's interesting that we have these particular components, whereas what Danielle is doing is stating if what it is that you do is you take it into consideration and acknowledge these feelings first, mm-hmm. you'll be able to achieve what it is that you want. If you approach things from the feelings, the other stuff will just kind of come. I have a question for you. Sure. That's popping up right in this exact moment. None of this is rehearsed, mm-hmm. which usually makes you scared. Um, so my daughter is 17 now. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring some of this stuff to the table for her. And so I bring it to her in conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to just be able to hand, hand her a, a book like this and say, hey, let's, let's do this together, let's read this. It's not going to be anything she's interested in talking about. Never. Do you think, well, first of all, it's also who she is as a person, but do you think, I can't see any teenager that I that's in her that's in my life being at a place where they can understand this. Do you think that this is also a stage of life? No. No. I think that if we, for example, Jackie, if you were to have a child, and I'm not even sending this universe out into the universe. So if someone um, my age was to have a child. If somebody your age was to have a child. You and had this particular knowledge in hand. I think what you could do as a parent is, um, uh, you know, begin to, you know, like, for example, they're going, you, you know, they've done enough of this work with the child, and the child is going into ninth grade. Rather than saying, what do you want to achieve in your high school career, how do you want to feel? Therefore, when you get up every morning, you're, process should not be, I need to make straight A's. It should be, this is the way that I want to feel. Well, it's interesting um, you, you, when you put it that way. <laughs> because I don't think we're taught any of this stuff, Jackie. Um, I but you, I think that if we were, it, would, it wouldn't be so alien to the teenagers. Well, actually, it's interesting that you say this because that's, like, that's how we converse. Um, so, because yeah. maybe not in those exact words, because I'll say to my daughter, Okay, what what's going on here? What's underneath all this stuff? What are what's your fear here and what do you really want to have happen? And like when she was really um losing her mind over this trip to Japan, which um is working out quite well right now and I'll I'll tell you about that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um 
and she was just uh, a wreck, but not um, in the typical wreck people would think, like she was going, oh, I'm not going to go. She was a wreck in the fact that she was an angry, angry person who was taking her anger out on everyone in the family, everyone she was close to. And so when I sat her down and said, what's, what's going on here? What's the feeling underneath all this? So I've been trying to help her um, understand her feelings because I don't think kids do. Mm-hmm. They just understand their instinctual reactions. So we got to the point where she says, well, I, we got to this. I don't know if this Japan trip is going to happen. And and uh, we talked about all the aspects of it. Is it the fact that you just want to go to Japan? You want to go with this group of people? You want to go with this teacher? She says, I just want to go to Japan. Why do you want to go to Japan? Why now? Why do you need to go right now? And you know what it came down to? She wants to follow through on what she says. Mm-hmm. That's really what it was. She would be embarrassed. And so what she's looking for is this attention and accolade for actually having done it. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to So she wants to feel admired. So she wants to feel admired, and she was trying to bring everyone along with her, and they don't want that same thing that she wants. Mm-hmm. And so we started working on her... Um, doing her own fundraising for this and not worrying about the rest of the class because she was trying to bring help everyone do fundraising. So that was a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if you and and then we also talked about why do you want to go to Japan? Why specifically this? Besides the fact that it's cool and you like anime, because you can go to Japan at any point if that's the case. Mm-hmm. You can even you can even go to college in Japan. Mm-hmm. And um, she has something in her head where she's been making paper cranes uh-huh. since the sixth grade. And she watched, she watched the, the, the movie about that young girl who made the paper cranes after Hiroshima. Hiroshima uh-huh. The thousand paper cranes. To If you make a thousand paper cranes, you get your wish. Yeah. And actually, because she said, I've been making all these paper cranes and I want to take them to Hiroshima, that is another. So here's how you're feeling. You want to. This is again a completion. And, um, um, feeling admired, but also, um, she wants to. I guess let's see. What the, what's the word I'm looking for? It's her her uh, wish, her self-esteem. She wants to um, honor this whole thing that that kind of changed her perspective. Yeah. And. And so from that, actually, I helped her put together um, an Indiegogo fundraiser mm-hmm. to, um, so she could communicate out to the world that this is why she wants to go to Japan, to go to Hiroshima, and put all of these paper cranes. Because this, you know, it's not a lot of things that sixth graders can be consistent with for 10 years, mm-hmm. or not 10 years, but, but five, six years. And this kid has been consistent on making paper cranes. <laughs> <laughs> We've got about 400 paper cranes made out of dum-dum wrappers strung around the house. Oh, my God, that is so, that is so hilarious. And, yeah, but, but so she, has, she still has an Indiegogo fundraiser. So if you, if you want to check it out, um, it's probably either on my Facebook page or in Indiegogo. Just look up um, uh, Hiroshima. So, but, the, uh, the thing here is, is that, that I think that the next part in regards to the desire map, Okay, it is rather than, so you have your your core feeling, okay, Mm -hmm. and this is what it is that you're going to do every day. It is then listing out, Jackie, how do you go about getting your core feeling met, 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, Absolutely. You know, so that there, it isn't, you're just going to feel this way, you know, and magically what it is that you want is going to appear. Um, if what it is that you want is contentment, how do you go about your day? What is the process that you need to go through in order to get from point A to point B? It changes your decision-making process, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and one of the things that I um, was thinking about, Jackie, as I was going through the first part of the book, you know, everybody wants a million dollars, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, uh uh, you know, in that their underlying fee, and, and this is what I wondered, do you think that that would change if they looked at what it is that they wanted to feel first? You know, for example, why do most people want to uh, uh, to have a million dollars? Of course, they're looking at security. It's the things that they can buy. Uh-huh. It's all of this particular stuff, um, not having to be stressed out about money, um, going at things from that particular perspective. Okay, But what is the core feeling basically underneath all of this that, uh, that I wonder if, if they had the core feeling met, if the million dollars would be all that, important at that point. Well, and that's exactly what the why is that spread in the Coventry Magic book is all about. Because the million dollars is never, never, never the real thing that you want. Yes. It never is. And and I, um, with my clients that I work with, and they say, well, what is it you want? And they say, I want this. I'm like, all right, well, let's see what's underneath that. Why do you want that? And I, this one gal recently, I said, so why do you want this? She wanted to increase in her income and this and that. And I said, why do you want that? She goes, well, I want the freedom to buy things when I want them. And I said, well, why can't you do that now? And you know what the answer was? Because mm. she's taking care of everybody else. Yeah. And doesn't feel reciprocated. So it was really interesting when you when you go through that spread or when you go through like and I'm I'm really curious to go through the desire map um, and we're going to leave you hanging and all this which is great because you're going to have to go and, and look and this get up the book yourself, yeah <laughs> you know, and, and then get the Coventry Magic book and compare the two and see see how they work together um, but uh, it it's just it was just really interesting when you dig down to get to that and then we talked about how. With my client, we talked about how this changes how she makes some decisions. Well, also, you know, when you take a look and, and, and uh, you know, say, for example, that they want to buy whatever it is that they want when they want it, um, uh, uh, you know, it's interesting to me because oftentimes when we want, if that is somebody's answer to something, Jackie, my immediate gut level probably because I've had so many years in school and things of that nature, you know, starts asking why. What hole is this filling? Yep. Well, and even um, this past uh, week, getting back on the the, the T25 horse, mm-hmm. um, working out in the morning, um, and I had, I, I other than obligation, I couldn't figure out my reason why, and once I figured out my reason why, which was that strength and flexibility, Mm-hmm. I, I want to feel strong, and I want to be more flexible in my body as well. And um, so I'm, 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 you know, 75% of the way through the, the, the workout. First of all, it got me up going, yep, strength. I am strong, and I want to express my strength. And so I'm, I'm 75% of the way through. I'm like, yeah. oh, 
I don't need to do this last five minutes. And I go, no, you're strong. Yeah. And you're flexible, so so let's be that. Because, you know, that whole workout thing is to become strong and flexible, but let's be strong and flexible at whatever strength and flexibility I'm at right now. And and then even when crisis came up at Coventry, that strong and flexible, you know, something was coming up, and I, and I said, well, we need to be, you know, I became more flexible and to say, well, it's okay, we're going to move through this, and we have to adjust our course, and, and we'll yeah. get back on course. So it changes the way you react to things, and, and this is just a contemplation of it. This isn't even doing the work at this point. Yeah. But um, it helped me, rem- it reminded me of my why is that, and so that's what I did. Well, I think that you can even take, you know, the good thing about this particular book is that she doesn't say you need to sit down on a weekend and have a workshop. She basically says, says do a chapter whenever you feel like it. Um, you know, the first part is actually a, um, you know, is the text. The second part, book two, is the workbook. And, you know, um, one of the things that uh, I find about this is that even, and I've, probably read half of the books at this particular point, but I have sticky notes everywhere in this book um, in regards to exploring um, particular ideas. But it is, you know, we've got about five minutes left. Um, It is probably, I think it's beneficial for anybody, so I recommend highly people run out and get um, The Desire Map, um, A Guide to Creating Goals with the Soul. You know, you know what this is also reminding me of in in doing the um, setting the direction for work and business. The first thing you, the first thing you do is pick your values. Yeah. So these desires is, are very similar to those values. Yes. And um, and and this is the energy or the desire that's propelling us forward. These values propel us forward, and without them, it's not necessarily worth doing. Yes. So. And, this, and it's not an easy book. It's it's you know it's it's really going to get to some core stuff because the back of the book, Jackie, when you have the hard cap, it has the desire map on the front. On the back, it says, "How do you want to feel?" That's awesome. I and I don't know if, when I when I took that idea and I started after I got this book and I started asking people, so what mm-hmm. what how do you want to feel? And and I got these really nebulous, I don't know answers. I know. And so when I said to them, well, if you know how you want to feel, then it's easy to get there. Because if you, if you don't feel that way, it's not the right direction. And we started talking about it at work. How do you want to feel? And, yeah. Um, and this is, and, and i got to tell you, this is really hard for somebody who's not in touch at all. But I think we're, out of, we're just about out of time here. Yes. So always fast going. I can't Always. believe we're out of time again. And that's why, you know, we can't do this book justice in one show. Right. But we can promote it in one show. So go get The Desire Map <laughs> by Danielle Laporte. You can get it at Amazon on either hardback or actually it's soft. It's like a workbook. Or on the Kindle. Um, and definitely go to your local store and ask for it first. Yes. Because from what you – I have it on Kindle and you have it on paper copy. I think a paper copy would, would definitely do you justice. I'm going to actually purchase that paper copy for myself. Yeah, and you know, and this is not uh, these were not promo copies sent to us. This is something that, yeah. that Storm found for us. But um, it, again, a joy. What a Absolutely. joy! I'm, I'm walking away from this show a little more inspired than I walked into it. <laughs> so we'll go into our d- desire maps and uh... <laughs> right. 
So if you want to get a hold of Storm Sestivani, uh, get a reading from him because, you know, he's really kind of good at it, uh, one of the best uh, in the industry, I must say, in my opinion, you can go to stormsestivani.com. If you want to get a reading, have a Akashic Record session with me, you can find me on coventrycreations.com. And um, the show is sponsored by Coventry Creations, by the way, so whatever your problem, love, money, romance, new job, family issues, we have a candle for that. And um, find us on our um, website, keepitmagic.com. On our Facebook page, keepinitmagic.com. I think we even tweet a little, so you can look up keepinitmagic.com on Twitter as well. And, um, and we're, we're done. We're done. We're done. So I want everybody to keep it magic. And what else do they need to do? Speak life, everybody. Some days life feels perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. Yo, it's crazy. Amazing, we can turn our hearts through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die. So speak life. It's like I'm drowning in the deep Well, it's crazy to imagine Words from my lips as the arms of compassion Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life Thoughts a little higher Use your words to inspire Joy will 